tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If, and this week we are continuing on with our spooktacular October, um, but we're also going to be talking a little bit of relevance. <laughs> relevance? Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, relevance. Right. Uh, because two weeks ago, Venom came out, which which if you read Venom in the comic books, is, is it seems more of a, a relevant for, for Halloween and you know spooky stuff, but like in the movie... I would say doesn't come off too scary. You know, no, I didn't. I didn't feel the movie came off scary. Um, it was entertaining. Yeah, I felt, no, I, I felt entertained by. It, but yeah, you're right. That's not one of those ones where it's like oh, I'm going to go to the movie theater and get the chills and the, the spills <laughs> and all that stuff. But I did have a good time. I definitely <laughs> enjoyed it. So we're, we're going to talk about the the story, or maybe even the two stories that uh, make up the movie and Venom. Inspiration. The inspirations for it. Uh, both. It's. Venom Lethal Protector and Spider-Man Planet of Venom or Pan- Planet, Planet of, of the Symbiotes. There yeah. you go. Um, and we have we have a little bit to discuss about that. So we'll give you the one hundred and one on on those on those two stories. Then we're but we but you know how we're always going to start. We we start off at the spinner rack. So what is new this Wednesday? All right. So Wednesday, the greatest day of the week. You're halfway there. It's time to relax and sit down and read some comics. What should you read? Good question. So Aquaman issue forty one is out there, and that'll continue on with the uh, uh, momification of Aquaman. But the stories are going to start getting a lot more action packed. And if you're a fan of Mara, jump on these books now because Mara actually like. She did have a good presence in the Silver Age, right? but she's got an even stronger presence now, which is fantastic to see her character get to grow. Uh, Batman issue 57 will be out. This will continue Tom King's journey, and this will continue Batman's hunt for the KGB beast, sorry, KG beast after he shot Nightwing in the head. Um, we also have Black Lightning Cold Dead Hands will be collected in trade paperback. I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about the TV show, so this definitely is a comic that is the tie-in event. You know, this is oh. where the inspiration comes in for, but this is like once you watch the show and you want more, go to this book. So I would highly this, recommend. this be a spinoff out of the Detective Comics? Actually, I want to say, I think this probably, if anything, might be a lead-in for the Detective Comics stuff. Uh, this is actually written by Tony Isabella, one of the co-creators of Black Lightning. So I think this is just more like, hey, revisit your character, do something awesome. And then, you know, once the character's kind of popular again, he was springboarded into Detective Comics for the outside. Wasn't stuff. he created, like... Back in the sixties or something, or I want to say probably seventies, maybe. Okay, and yeah. That creator's still around, huh? Yeah, yeah. Tony Isabella's still going out. I'm trying to think who the artist is, or maybe Tony Isabella might be a one man show. I'm not a hundred percent sure, mm. but yeah. So yeah. So you know, if you definitely like the show and you want some more, that's the way to go. Um, Flash by Mark Wade, Volume Five Trade Paperback is out. You know, that was such a great era of Wally West Flash stories. Mark Wade when he took yes. the book, and I hope that these trades do so well. That they actually go and pick up the issues before it. Um, I can't think of the creator now. Uh, no, uh, Jeff 
Messer Loeb, I think was the guy's name, or William Messer Loeb. Yeah, I think that was his name, William Messer Loeb. Um, that guy is one of like the, he's like the Bill Finger of oh. like modern comics. Like, you know, he was writing some good Wonder Woman stuff. He wrote a lot of Flash stuff. He was just all over whatever they had him do. He did it. And then he vanished in an obscurity. And recently he was found again. And I think he's missing a limb. He was homeless, like going through some real harsh times. So DC, you know, these these Mark Wade trades have been great. But do yourself a favor. Do, you know, William there a favor and put his run of the Flash out there. Because that's what really springboarded the Flash. I mean, it was 1986. Barry Allen was killed. The legacy is going to go on. It was established in Crisis that Wally would pick up, you know, the baton and run with it, so to speak. And I want to say like 1987 or 1988, Flash number one was launched and Wally West was in the driver's seat. And it was just it was wild stories. I mean, this is where Wally like started, you know, getting into fights with. um Oh, who's our favorite immortal villain? What's that bad guy? Um, Vandal Savage? Yeah. Oh. Like he had a straight-up fight with Vandal Savage, and it was like to the point where like organs were involved. Like if I remember correctly, <clears throat> reading some of these from back in the day, like Wally gets picked up by the hospital to be like, hey, we need you to transplant this heart across the country. And, oh, wow. You know, Wally runs it, and the next thing you know, he winds up crossing the path with Savage. Then Savage takes the heart and just destroys it like because Vandal – is a savage, you right. know, uh, Wally West wins the lottery. So these were some of the things that Wally was dealing with. Like it was just crazy <laughs> stuff, but it was good. Like it was good character growth. You it was know, it, it really did a lot for Wally in his early stages. It sounds like the th- the kind of thing that we were talking about uh, earlier in the week, where it's like, well, Wally never had an identity outside of being the Flash. Exactly. And so they were they were like, oh, we'll make it so that he's an organ transport transporter yeah, you know he can like, do that, like that or yeah. he wins the lottery he doesn't worry about money he can just be the flash exactly <laughs> well exactly because like, yeah just to give further light on that yeah it was like when you really sit down and think about dick grayson roy harper or wally west and now sadly kyle rayner mm-hmm. you know what do they do outside of being a hero nothing, nothing. they don't have jobs they don't have they those don't... jobs those th- those skills those trades anymore and it's a shame because you know i like wally being a car mechanic i thought you know when when uh, jeff johns took over the book and he restored wally's identity and he did that i was like that's cool what a neat way for him to still find out what's going on he's you know in the motor city you know mm-hmm. things like that and it was just like oh it was perfect um Kyle Rayner being an artist, I enjoyed that. You know, I always thought it was great because especially for a guy whose power set is being creative, mm-hmm. you know. But it was like when you think about Roy, it's like, wow, what what does Roy do? Or, yeah, like where <laughs> does he make the money to to be a superhero or, you know, like to, to be a masked crusader? Yeah. Like, does he steal? Does he, does yeah, he, does he do like Punisher kind does of? He you gamble? Know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, what, beat what, up these bad guys and we take that bag of money. No one's going to really like we, we we I guess we, we, um, we let let Dick Grayson slide because he's the ward. He's the ward of Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne yeah. So it's just there's money there. Yeah, but Ollie's not that financially stable that I <laughs> think he could take care of Roy. <laughs> well, but I also think that after Roy left being Speedy, he would he wouldn't accept Ollie's money. You know? Oh no, I think he would. I I would definitely say that when the whole hard traveling heroes happened with uh, Ollie and Hal, and that was the story that led to the the uh, heroin addiction mm-hmm. the heroin usage i would definitely say at that point roy was like screw you ollie i'm done with you mm-hmm. like he trusts dinah more you know how more but ollie it's kind of like you may have given me a chance but you didn't give a damn right you know, that type of thought 
Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about it when we talk about the, that first episode of Titans, but I was really happy to see detective Dick Grayson. I thought that was great. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just neat to see sometimes how life is outside the mask, but anyways, yeah. So long winded pick up flash by Mark Wade. Hopefully they'll do some flash by lobes. That way we could see some of those great adventures. And if they don't treat yourself, go get those back issues. Uh, continuing along, I'm going to let you plug this one. They're doing Green Arrow, the Rebirth Deluxe Edition, Volume 1. What would you say? Would you recommend it? So the Rebirth uh, Edition, that would be um, uh, probably like the first 12, 13 issues from Zero. or Yeah, from re- the Rebirth special and then like the first 12. Is that – that that's um that's Kevin Smith's run, right? No, no, not his rebirth, the DC Universe rebirth. Stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, after, because I remember when New 52 started, we had the, 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 well, first you had the version of Ollie from Flashpoint that was not a hero, just just straight up Oliver Queen, this <laughs> yeah, man. Just, just there. <laughs> and just, he ended up trying to do some stuff. Um, so that soured me. And then we went into New 52, and it's very much like, hey, we want to make this like the TV show. And though I enjoy watching the TV show, I want my Ollie. I want the <laughs> Ollie that I've known for a while. And so New 52, Ollie really threw me off. And then when we come we come into Rebirth, and I was like, yeah, like it's, it's getting closer. It's getting there. But they had all this history from the New 52 that I was just like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. We have a... We have a John Diggle on the in the book now because that came in from the show and it's just like Ollie doesn't need a team. He needs Dinah. And that's yes. it. That's all he needs. I mean, yeah, he can have Speedies, he can have uh Connor and stuff like that, but he doesn't need all that other stuff in his books. Like it's just him and Dinah, which is awesome if you if, if you get the right writer to do it. So at first, I wasn't too happy with uh, how Rebirth went. I did go back and read those issues just so I could catch up on the story. I do like where Ollie is now and the Green Arrow book is now. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if you really need to go back and pick up that trade. So maybe skip out on that one? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like I was, I was very intrigued because I know you jumped on it. And I remember one time we were out on the bigger cities and it was kind of like, Oh, you know, looking for some of those back issues. Mm -hmm. Um, like I know I'm glad. Well, okay. Collected editions, get your crap together (laughs) (laughs) because they keep putting stuff out there and it's like, you've got the trade paperback, you've got the hardcover and now you have the deluxe edition hardcover. And like, for Tom King's Batman, for example, for myself. So luckily I jumped on it, you know, right from the rebirth issue and all the way one through the annuals. Um, I have been purchasing the deluxe editions uh, just because I was like, you know what? Like an omnibus is great, but sometimes it's just too much. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be holding all 50 issues in one sitting. Um, But these deluxe editions are perfect because like I said, it's probably like about a year. Well, the way rebirth was written. So it's about 12, 13 issues. Um, they're great. So if you're a Green Arrow fan and you've liked what they've done with Rebirth, I'd recommend it. But, you know, as Mitch was saying, the story was still kind of finding its feet. I right. think is a good way to mm-hmm. say it. So, yeah. But, but no, yeah, I do agree with you. I, I miss Dinah and all these interactions. I, I can't wait till that comes back to the DC universe. Yeah, and I love that that, that kind of was the one of the catalysts, or at least when Jeff John tells the story, he's like, why aren't Ollie and Dinah together in New 52? It doesn't make any sense. Like, I miss that iteration or that interaction uh i did want to say is that that i did buy that uh hardcover deluxe edition for 
Tom King's Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. From some Rebirth. And that was probably one of the, my my favorite purchases for something like that. Like that yeah. that whole book was just amazing. No, I like that format. Like it's yeah. oversized. Um like and I love the fact that they even put the annuals in there. Like the only thing that I would say is wrong with it, just I don't know why I feel the need. Like I kinda wish they just didn't collect the one issue or the two actually the two issues that was that crossover from the Monster Men. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because that tied in with Detective and Nightwing, I think. And since they didn't include those issues, those two parts felt a little weird, you know. But, eh, you know, I got over it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, continuing along, uh, Injustice 2, issue 36 will be out, if I remember correctly. This is the last issue of the comic. I've been enjoying it. I've, I've actually, I've been done with the book for a while now because I do the digital issues online. They get released faster. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I, I hope there's more. I really hope there's more. Like I know there's an annual coming, but I just, I'm not ready to leave the world of injustice. It's so amazing. <laughs> you know, it's just like, man, that, that world saved me during new 52. Not to say new 52 was horrible, but it almost felt like I could, you know, take the injustice Two world and just pretend that that was the post crisis as it continued through. So I just, I really love the way these characters have grown. Um, Tom Taylor has done an amazing job. Thank you for that world, and I hope to see more. Justice League issue 10 will be out. This will start the road towards Drowned Earth. So I kind of like how the Justice League books have been doing this. Like right now in Justice League Dark, we have the Witching Hour, mm-hmm. which is basically like a you know a, a, an evil magic Wonder Woman story. Now we're going to have the Drowned Earth, which is an Aquaman story. So this will cross over between the Justice League and the Aquaman books along with a book-ending Alpha and Omega-style book for the series as well. So, obviously, we have an Aquaman movie coming. I was going to say. that we should have an Aquaman story. <laughs> so, it's almost like they have a, a big Wonder Woman movie and big Aquaman movie coming out here soon. I mean... <laughs> right. I mean, when's... the That new um, Shazam book is supposed to be starting soon, too, isn't it? Or did yes, it already start? Yes, I want to say no. I, I think next month. I think November. Okay. If I remember correctly, yeah, I think oh, next month nope. we should be getting Of course, because it's written by Jeff John, so he loves things to start in November. Yep, Thanksgiving <laughs> Thanksgiving and superheroes. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. If he really wants to do it, right? You know how they do, like, like they just did that canceled comics cavalcade, and then they're going to do a, 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 a winter Christmas or something like that book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do a Thanksgiving one. Give us that. You know, there's there you go. You got a year to write that one, Johns. Go after <laughs> <it>. <laughs> All right, but let's see. Moving along, uh, Justice League Dark Number Four will continue on the uh, Witching Hour story, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, if you're a fan of Lucifer, the TV show Lucifer Number One will be out there. That'll restart the Lucifer series. Wow. So if you are a fan of the show and you want more, this is definitely a great starting point. So with the idea that Lucifer got picked up by Netflix because of such the fan outpouring. How is it that DC can capitalize on this? Like, yes, they're starting up a new book, a new series, but are they advertising to the people that are watching that show to be like, hey, you like this show, we have a book. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how that would work. Like, I understand if the show had got picked up by their DC Universe streaming like app. app. Yeah. Like, but I don't know how you would do that for Netflix. That is tough because since Netflix doesn't run commercials, yeah, you know, but maybe that's where they do like, haven't they had something like that? Like there's like a six minute segment 
that's also on the episode list that's like Lucifer behind the scenes or something and not maybe, on the show not on the show but like on on the Netflix series though like if I click on Lucifer and then episodes because I could have sworn I've seen that like I, I, I think I had that it. on that 13 13 reasons why or 13 tapes of, so, it, so I could have sworn they had something at the end like a behind the scenes hmm. so I would almost say do that like do a behind the scenes where you have all the actors saying thank you thank you for helping bad. us do our show and continuing and then you know you have some DC pitch man be like hey <laughs> this is from a comic book you, you know, like the comic book what, guess what's coming out well you know what they did with Stranger Things they did that they did that after Stranger Things or beyond Stranger Things right. uh, after show on Netflix. So you could do the same thing with Lucifer if you did like an after show for Lucifer on Netflix and just be like that way you have a DC host being like, okay, this is what happened in the episode. What do you people think? Have a guess. And then I'll say, hey, check out the comic book. Like that. that's yep. how you could do that. But yeah, I wonder how much of, I mean, you would have to, you'd have to have the, the show influence the book at this point because I honestly, I never knew that Lucifer was a book at dc comics until the show started and then i was and they were said oh this is the dc this is adapted from the dc comic book and i was like oh okay i didn't know i don't know was that was that a vertigo book was that yeah, a straight I up DC so. book? okay vertigo maybe tied into the sandman stuff but i know for sure vertigo so th- is this one going to be vertigo this time around or is it going to be straight up dc um if i remember correctly i think this is going to be let me i'm going to cheat here uh, it looks like it might be Vertigo. Okay. Actually, no, I apologize. It's got a Sandman header on it. So it looks like they're going to try to tie in. Maybe, I'm not, I shouldn't say tie in. Maybe it already was, but it's definitely the Sandman universe is at the top of the normal covers header. Which is different than Vertigo? DC Vertigo. Oh. Uh, maybe it's like DC Vertigo is the off print, and then the Sandman universe is one of their expanded universes oh, okay. they feature. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. That's it. Which I know in the last episode that they aired on Fox, uh, when they canceled it, they had um, Neil Gaiman do a like narration. Oh wow! Of, on the episode, uh, very much acting like he's God, and for all intents and purposes, he's the one who created the book, so he is kind of the God. <laughs> um, it's I I mean that makes sense. Why? I mean, but you gotta wonder why didn't why hasn't like uh oh, what's his name? What's um uh Sandman's name? Oh, uh, Wesley Dodds? No, 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 Daniel, well, the Dreaming, the Dream. Yeah, the, the, well, Daniel, like that Sandman, the 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 one that that Neil Gaiman wrote. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I thought it had some weird name. It doesn't matter. I, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, you wonder why that character hasn't showed up in the show. I think they're keeping that away because there's been that lot of talk of like doing that Sandman yeah. movie. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, we have Arrow. We're going to have Batwoman. Why hasn't Batman shown up yet? No, that's going to stay in the movies. <laughs> He's just too damn big for TV. You know what I'm saying? Like 99% of that world will appear, mm-hmm. but not Batman yeah. for some strange reason. <laughs> you're, you're right. All right. Yeah, but oh, I missed the book. Uh, this is a big one for me. Green Lanterns, issue 57, the final issue. Uh, this is going to have the Green Lanterns finally discover that their core has been infected by the cyborg Superman, and the cyborg Superman has escaped, and he's coming to Earth, and Hal's going to have to stop him. And their next destination is Coast City. So if you remember about, gosh, probably close to 20 years now, uh, probably even over 20 years, or probably no, close to 20 years, um, the last time... 
Cyborg came to Earth. Cyborg Superman Hank Henshaw came to Earth and went to Coast City. It didn't end well for Hal. Mm. So this is the last issue. I don't. I know we're not going to go Parallax, but <laughs> damn, this is going to be a, an interesting issue to read. So if you are an old school fan and you remember the last time we saw that match, here it comes again. Uh, continuing on, though. New Challengers will hit its sixth issue of that six-issue miniseries, so that'll be interesting to see how they wrap things up there. Nightwing 51 will continue the adventures of, as fandom has called him, Rick. Richard Grayson, Dick Grayson, Rick as they call him. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to go on there. I have a theory. I mentioned it to Mitch when we were watching Titans Episode 1. I was like, you know what? This show is obviously going to do pretty well. I, I, I have a feeling that by the end of it, we'll probably see Dick settle in on a job and he'll become Detective Dick Grayson as mm-hmm. well. Um, and Teen Titans issue 23 will be out there as well. Switching gears and going to the other side of the fence over at Marvel Comics. For this Wednesday, we will have quite a few books coming out. Amazing Spider-Man issue 5 gets a second printing. Highly recommended. I've been enjoying this series, so I would definitely say go out there as well. Uh, Astonishing X-Men issue 16 will be out, and this will continue with Havoc, Beast, Banshee, and all those fellows on a team. Uh, Interesting thing. I was going to send it to you. I I forgot to. But in the preview of this issue, they kind of show Beast selling out. Like It was like, man, I just... Like, fix Beast's character already. Don't, <laughs> don't make him the weasel. He just kind of seems to be that lately where it's like, oh. And it's not the Cyclops stuff. I mean, I look at him even during right. the Hydra thing. It was yeah. like, sure, whatever. I'll be a Hydrite. I don't care, you know? Well, I would say that it's interesting because look at look at your two, uh, your two X-Men other than uh, Cyclops. You know, you got... You mean there's others? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Professor Xavier and, and, and Beast, who, you know, I would say Beast is very much a protege to xavier you know oh definitely i could agree with that i mean obviously gene has the power that's closer to xavier's but uh being a a teacher being a man of science kind of thing uh wanting to outreach and help out mutants beast is the one that follows but then look what they did to xavier look what they've done to beast it's it's kind of following the same that's true like they are very much that megalomaniac i don't know if that's too extreme of a term for him but they are definitely like I'm going to do what I want. Damn the consequences. Right. Yeah. They've kind of painted them both that, that, that direction It's like, Oh, well my intelligence in my way, um, supersedes anything else. But I don't know. I mean, beast is still one of my favorite characters. Am I reading anything with beast in it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough. I mean, again, too, like with astonishing X-Men, it's one of those books where it's like, I mean, unless they, they hit you with a team mm-hmm. that you really, really want. Because it is hard. Like, I'll admit, it is hard to pick a book up when it's only one member of the team you really want. You know, because, like, that's why I'm mixed feelings with that whole Guardians of the Galaxy. When they show that big roster, I mean, granted, there's 11 heroes, and they even state, you know, which six will stay. I wasn't intrigued. Like, I knew Star-Lord was going to be that one front and center, and I was like, oh, I don't want him to be there because then I could drop that book. You know? Like, <laughs> You know, I mean, I like the five Guardians, Drax, Gamora, Groot, Rocket, and and Pete. But when they started putting that team together, I was kind of like, eh, it's not hitting me. (laughs) And no offense to the book. I mean, it's hard to judge a book that's not out there. You know, I'll definitely pick it up for an arc and see what happens. And I hope I'm wrong. But it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, I've bought in team books because of one of my characters being in there. And I'm like, can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's just too much. 
So, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, Astonishing X-Men's out there with issue 16. Uh, Daredevil issue 609, this will start continuing, or actually, sorry, not continuing, building towards the death of Matt Murdock, uh, the end of Daredevil. So the book is going to be ending pretty soon here, and then a relaunch will happen called Daredevil, The Man Without Fear. I'm sorry, actually, it'll just be called The Man Without Fear, and he'll very much be wearing the Netflix costume. And then after that miniseries is over, we don't know. Who knows where it's going to be? So this could be some interesting times for our favorite Matt Murdock. Uh, Doctor Strange Damnation trade paperback is out. Now be cautious with this one because if you want the complete Damnation story, buy Damnation the complete trade paperback. If you just want the Doctor Strange issues to keep your Doctor Strange collection going, then buy this trade paperback. I hate when they do that. Like mm. they should have just made the one trade instead of, you know, hoping right, right. to trick fans. <laughs> and not saying that they want that, but come on. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Fantastic Four issue two will be getting a second printing. Infinity Wars issue three will be getting a second printing. And then now these are where the uh, the mashup books start happening. Infinity Wars Weapon Hex issue one of two will be out there. Weapon Hex combines uh, X-23 with uh, the Scarlet Witch, which is an interesting team up between those two. I think they already started this mashups because I already have. My You're right, actually. They, they've done, so I guess, continues. Soldier Supreme, yeah. Yeah. And Iron Hammer? Yeah, Iron Hammer was the other one, yep. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, it continues on. And so here's another one of our delving more into the worlds. I do like the fact that when you're reading those books, you also see the characters. Like, it's not just one character's mashed up. Everybody's mashed right. up. They have a whole history there. So that's oh. kind of cool. Uh, I think that was really neat. Uh, Life of Captain Marvel issue four will be out of this five-part miniseries. I know just the other night it was great to go to the movie theater and see the Captain Marvel trailer on the big screen. Right. Uh, part of me is probably going to read this as the movie gets closer uh, just to see what they've changed or to see will they change her history to fit the movie or what will they do. I, I mean, I am enjoying it. I've read, I think I've read the first two issues, first three issues maybe. Right. Uh, it, and yeah, I mean, I honestly don't have a history for Carol Danvers. I don't know, you know, exactly how she got her powers in this. Uh, it's not so much the... You know, even though it's what what's it the the story of no the life of Captain Marvel is that the name of the the, the uh, name of the book yeah life of Captain Marvel it's more of the origin story for Carol Danvers oh, than yeah. it is the orange origin story for Captain Marvel or her her getting her powers I guess is the best way to put it well she is definitely going to be Captain Marvel like I I think she's held the title not for too long because it's funny like I think there's a remember that Avenging Spider Man book. I want to say it was like issue two or three. That's the first time they called Carol Captain Marvel. Oh, really? Yeah, so she's held it probably since early 2000s. She's been around for a long time. Right, right. I want right. to say she's like a 70s character. Um, but it's just it's interesting to see how she, she's changed. Like, I remember I disliked her uh, during Kurt Busiek's Avengers run at the very start because she just had a problem. She had a chip on her shoulder. Her powers were weakening. She didn't want to tell anybody. She was Warbird was mm -hmm. her name, you know, and it's just like, man, you just felt so bad for this character. And, and, you know, she was very much in the throes of like, you know, chip on her shoulder. And it's just wild to see even in that series how they did have her grow, accept her, 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 you know, abilities and come forward, you know. But it was just so funny to see that, like, wow, she went through an arc. And it's like, I wonder if that's a part of the history that will be remembered or if it's just like, eh, let's, let's build the character this way. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, yeah, so definitely well, I'm glad you're getting it. I'll have to borrow your back issue. No worries. 
Uh, let's see. Marvel Knights continues on with their trade paperback. So Defenders of the Streets by Chuck Dixon and Barreto. That'll be out there. Uh, Marvel Knights Daredevil by Bendis and Mavleve. Underboss. Uh, their run of Daredevil was fantastic. So I would definitely say pick this trade up, and I think you'll have a great time. So Bendis and Mavleve did Daredevil as well as yes. doing Alias? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys. And their Daredevil run was amazing. Mm. If I remember correctly, actually, uh, Alex Mel- Mavleve, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, something like that. Something like, I, if I remember correctly, when they did uh, Daredevil's fian- well, Matt Murdock's fiance Mila, they actually she's drawn after Alex Mavley's wife. Oh, really? Uh, he he very much sketched this character based upon his wife's features. So yeah, so they they were very much invested in Matt and, Murdock's and life. Mila was the blind. Yeah, she was also uh, blind as okay, well. Yeah. yeah, she was the oh, she was such a sad case because Mister Fear doused her with so much chemical right. that she could not be saved after the fact. Uh, let's see, moving along, Mr. and Mrs. X, issue four will be out there. Old Man Logan hits issue 49, and if I remember correctly, issue 50 is the last, and then it'll go into the Death of Old Man Logan maxi series. So as we have the return of Wolverine, we have the exiting of Old Man Logan. Yeah, that's, that seems <laughs> kind of, do you, do you, I mean, you're the editor of the Wolverine books and stuff like that. Do you have a moment where the two of them meet? Uh, yes, if if it was me, I would. Okay, uh, just because you have to, like I, I like character. Or, sorry, not characters. Fans love that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole time we had the O five around. It's like why didn't why wasn't there a moment with like Cable and Rachel coming up to young Scott and Gene? Why mm. did that not happen? Yeah, it would make you know? sense, yeah. Uh, Cable, especially, like now he could joke with his dad. It's like, wow, I was always older than you. Now I'm crazy older. Yeah. Than, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like, why do they not give us those moments? You know, Spider Man, you have Spider Man running around, Kane running around, Ben Riley running around. How come they haven't met with Miles Morales? You know what I'm saying? Like, those are essences of Peter Parker with different, you know, nature versus nurture. So it's like, that would be cool for Miles to get to see and meet. You know, but I just I, I feel that Marvel's like, OK, well, since we're bringing back Logan, let's tighten it up. Let's let's go back to the pure source instead of all these multiple ones. But, yeah, you have to have Logan cross paths with old man Logan. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely established that old man Logan is from a different uh, dimension or different yeah. earth or whatever you want to call it. He's not he's not the future version of uh, 616 Logan. And like, I mean, I would I would assume that if they he or that other people had brought up to that to him in in the books being like oh well, you're dead right now he's like oh yeah well I remember getting better kind of thing so yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> well, how did you come back <laughs> yeah exactly so you would think that old man Logan would have to pass would be like hey let me pass on some you know yeah like hey don't do this yeah when or this happens watch you know, out if for this that. happens yeah, yeah don't don't let it get get ahead of you or something exactly so, yeah i would love to see that scene just to see how that plays out see how 616 logan would act around the older old man logan cuz like old man logan if you read him he's he's so tempered like he's not the he's he's not even like the the shut off like that the the 616 logan that we know you know like yeah that's true he he's 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 he gave the the reins of Weapon X? No. Yeah, Weapon X, the the team to um Sabretooth, you yeah, know, that's his, right, yeah. his biggest enemy. And he he's all about like, hey, we can do this. We can all get together. We can all be okay. And I that has to be because this is a Logan that lived through 
one killing all of his friends himself yeah. having to live with that fact and then being living in a world where there are no more heroes there's True. no more villains i mean there are villains but there's not there's not the villains that are just trying to kill you every day this these are just people that are most of the people are just trying to live yeah. you do have like the hulk gang which are dicks and then you have the you have the red skull who's in charge of most of the most of the world or whatever and and you have the super villains, I guess is the best way to put it. But well, and even then they they were so like because wasn't it the the America was like divided up into territories? Yeah, so, so it's it was, almost like even though they were super villains, but they're like that's your president type of thing. Or yeah, exactly. Like you're just you're just living in these lands now. That's just the way the world is, kind of thing. So he's in a world where it's not like that anymore yeah. in the past. And you know, even though he's got a dead family in the future, he's, <laughs> he's still got, he's got time to try and correct that here. So I would love to see that moment. If you, you have the right writer to have him pass on some stuff to younger Logan. Now here would be something interesting. So I don't, I don't think it was too far in the future, but like what if old man Logan while on our earth six, one, six, what if he runs into the woman who will become his wife? Oh, that would be interesting. I mean, like, does he I does he tell her like, "Hey, you should meet this Logan," or, or maybe old man Logan is just kind of like looks at Wolverine. He's like, "Stay away from her." You know, yeah, like, let the, her let that, her have a better life here. Yeah, exactly. I could have given her that. There that, you go. That is Ed crazy. Breeson, I didn't think about I hope that. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so moving along, uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man issue 311 will be out. This ties in with Spider-Geddon. Uh, I've been reading this one. I, I made sure to follow through with it. I'm enjoying it, so I, I definitely look forward to reading this issue myself. Shuri, number one, yes, by all the covers, because this is probably going to be a hot book. I know a lot of people have been wanting to see her get some more attention in the comics, so definitely should be really well to see. Uh, Thor issue six will be out there. This will continue on the wacky adventures of uh, future Thor with future Wolverine who has a Phoenix in Boston and how these stories relate in the Marvel <laughs> modern universe. Yeah. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> Didn't that one like kill that Thor? Didn't I don't know. Honestly, I read like issues one and two and I was kind of like, this is, this is strange. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Spoilers for people that hadn't seen the article or read, read uh, any of those books yet. But yeah, yeah. I saw something where they, they kept talking. Hey, oh, Wolverine kills Thor. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was some strange stuff. So, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, True Believers continues on with their $1 series. So this one will get two what-if reprints. What if the alien costume had possessed Spider-Man? So that's perfect in time for the movie uh, Venom. And then what if the Fantastic Four had not gained their powers? So you get to just read Champions of the Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. Like that's got, and, and if you remember the amalgam book, the fan challengers of the challengers fantastic, of fantastic yeah. like that's kind of what they were. They just ended up getting machinery to, uh, yeah, they just it, make they up their powers. powers. Yeah. They had machines that could help do it for them. What, what, what would that I I guess I kind of would want to read that. What, what does the fantastic four if they don't have powers? Like, I mean, obviously they're all skilled in what they do yeah, separately. Johnny was a fantastic mechanic. Ben was a great pilot. Reed is Reed Richards. And Sue is, <laughs> Sue, is a scientist you know, in her own right. Well, back then, not so much. Yeah, but I assume they would know, update it yeah, for... Yeah, they definitely, like, you know, she's definite. Well, again, these were of the 80s, so it was tough to say where they had Sue at that point. But even then, I mean, she, like... She is definitely the heart and soul of the Fantastic Four. Like she's the one that brings. Oh, the whole so these team are together. reprintings of of old what is? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. They've was... been doing some new ones. They've been doing some old oh, ones. Okay. So yeah, 
Yeah, like I don't know why they picked October for the month of. Well, I guess they did because they they're doing those new what ifs. Um, yeah, and then I, I would assume the 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 Spider Man is one because of Venom, and then probably Fantastic Four because the, the new series, Fantastic the new Four book. book yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, so, I mean, again, for a dollar a book, they're not too bad. They're great stories. I loved those what ifs. I, I, I enjoyed that series. I thought it was great. Uh, Unstoppable Wasp is back with a brand new number one. So, if you liked her character, she is continuing on with her own series. As far as I know, this should be an ongoing, not a mini. Uh, Venom, annual number one. This book is actually billed as the If You Like the Movie. This is the jumping on point. So for fans of the series, get ready to go on a wild ride. Donnie Coates has known to deliver, so this should be very good to read. Uh, Weapon H continues on with issue number nine. What if Ghost Rider number one? Now, this is a brand new what if. Um, in my opinion, it's a weird one. Basically, a rock band from our world, the real world, somehow winds up in the 616, and they party out with Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider. Okay. Yeah, exactly. What rock band? I don't know. Is it know. like something like, that we're supposed to know? A famous band, or is it just uh, a... They're famous, not to me. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick here. Um so here's the actual solicit. You've only heard whispers of the real-world Marvel Universe crossover until now, when moral decline and budgetary shortfalls have combined to lower our layer's resistance. Sebastian Gurner, shirtless bear fighter, scales and scoundrels, and Casper Wingard, angelic limbo, dark Dr. Alpha, annual number two, recklessly bring you the tale of the first and only true Nordic black metal band to visit the Marvel Universe through the insanity of likeness release waivers. What role does ghostwriter Robbie Reyes play, and will your mind survive the brutality? Rated teen plus. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, no, I, no thank I, you. No offense. Like, honestly, I love what ifs. You know, obviously, that's why this show exists. You and I love to talk about putting characters in stranger places. I have not cared about this release of what ifs. Like, this mm. is a five five week month, and like, I'll, I'll read the Spider Man one just out of curiosity, not because of my wantingness. So, yeah, right, right. So, I mean, not to bash, but I'm bashing. <laughs> uh, but moving along, X-Men Black Mystique number one. So if you want a solo Mystique tale, here you go. And then this will obviously continue on from Magneto and Mojo into Apocalypse's tale as well. So we started off with X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. Both of those books have now canceled, right? Yes. We then had X-Men Red, uh, which is the one that brought back Jean. Yeah, that's her new team. And then now we have X-Men Black, which is Magneto's team? No, so X-Men Black is just going to be, again, with it being a five-week month, I think it's just going to be a five-issue series, and these five comics will focus on villains. So, like, we still have two oh, weeks okay. left, so I think you're going to get uh, Juggernaut and White Queen. So it's just a it's just a, a title. What why why are they doing all these colors with the X-Men? Like, I don't know. To me, I don't never I've never really associated x-men with colors well i mean i know they have colorful suits and stuff right and, and the blue and the gold i guess worked at first but it just seems weird well it is so funny that it's like because like i do remember the blue and gold and it was like okay but even then it was more like once the show happened the blue and gold kind of faded because it's like people would watch that cartoon and be like well i want to see you know you know beast and, and, and Cyclops teaming up with Gene and Bishop. 
because that's what the cartoon would show us. But half of those characters were on blue. The other half were on gold. Mm. So it's like blue and gold lasted maybe two years. And then it just kind of was like, all right, you're you're either writing both books or they're they're going to try to interweave, kind of like how Superman and action have always been, you know, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Um, it is funny, though, because it's like I get blue and gold. It was a very nostalgic idea. You know, sure, why not? You're you're playing with the O five, and then you're playing with the uh, the the new, all team. new X Men. You know, so that was a neat thing. But yeah, it's interesting. It's like, well, red. You know, that's that's a whole new color concept. And all right, so that's going to be Jean's team. Okay, sure. Um, She's a redhead. If it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, but honestly, that book, I will be very interested to see what's going to happen because Tom, again, Tom Taylor's writing that book. I, I, I enjoy his writing. I think he's great. But it's going to be tough because once Uncanny gets launched, what do you do? So will they just eventually turn X Men red and say, "Hey, chop off the red and call it X Men"? I would assume so. Why? I mean, why not just keep it? x-men and, and and uncanny x-men or and astonishing x-men if, is what we also have going on right now yeah like keep the titles and just go with it from there yeah no i i agree I, i've always felt because you know we've never really i don't i don't think the the marvel universe has ever done that like colored books like that you know i mean it's a neat thing and well I mean, obviously had, we think of the the colors for jeff Loeb and right Tim Sell, exactly but those were mini series those are one shots yeah yeah you know, so it'll be interesting to see. So I don't know, but I definitely am very curious because when Uncanny relaunches next month in November, they're going to do a weekly book. Right. So it's like, wow. So, I mean, you're asking X-Men fans to collect six books, the four that are probably going to come out through the month, and then, you know, Red and Astonishing. That's a lot, and that's even a lot of your creative, too, as well, pumping out that much, which is exciting because that means the X-Men are loved again. <laughs> Maybe. You know, but I, I, I got a good feeling, but you're right, you know, but hey, what is it? Supposedly January is the seal the deal between Fox Disney. Right. I'm I'm hopeful and happy, <laughs> you know, and plus January is when they release that uh, uncanny X-Men annual number one with all those Cyclopses on the cover. <laughs> I know I'm just setting myself up for heartbreak. But until then, I'm going to ride on high. <laughs> but anyways, that's what's on your spinner racks. Shop wisely and shop well. So we're going to we're skipping over what we're talking about, uh, what we read this week. We're going to give a, I guess, a brief review. No real spoilers of uh, the first episode of the Titans from the DC Universe app. Yeah, well, we're going to take advantage of the fact that you know TV and comic books. Let's let's take our love and knowledge of those two things and and put it together. So. Uh, Mitch and I watched the Titans first episode right off the DC streaming app. Um, well, I'll let you start. You you I, jump into I, it. I just I, I was really looking forward to this uh, series. Um, I know a lot of people are against it. I guess yeah, because fuck Batman. Well, yeah, that was, so that was the <laughs> Let's big talk about the elephant. <laughs> that was one of the biggest ones. Is the that that line is uh, in the in the preview? I don't even was that even in the show? Yeah, it was, but it okay. wasn't as predominant because the trailer. Shows us the fight scene, and then fuck Batman, right? And then in the show, the way it's used, he jumps down, or you know, he's swinging across the buildings, you know, leave the kid alone, or give me, give me the one guy. And then they're like, oh no, the bat's here. And then he lands, and they're like, oh, where's the bat? Where's the bat? And you know, he does his job, and everybody's unconscious. That's when he says fuck Batman, right? In reference to them not even caring about him. So uh, that you had that big drop when San Diego Comic-Con happened and, and that trailer came out. And then, you know, it's the costumes. Like, everybody's kind of up in arms about the way the, way the costumes look, especially uh, Starfire's costume. Yeah. And I think 
in the context of the first episode, it plays out well. Like, obviously, she's not going to be wearing that throughout the whole series. It, yeah. It's a coat. She can take off the coat whenever she wants. Uh, it's It kept reminding me of the whole Jim Lee redesigning uh, uh, Wonder Woman at that one point. And she, she had a <laughs> jacket, jacket on. Yeah. And he's like, it's not sewn into her back. She can take it off at some point. <laughs> um, so... You get past those things, and as long as you have an open mind, I really felt like this was a closer adaptation to the Titans that I read in the books, in the comic books, uh, as opposed to the animated Teen Titans show and the animated Teen Titans Go show. Those shows just weren't for me. I really felt like they were... I just felt like they were too, too comedic. Like... I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Like, it, obviously, a lot of people liked it. It brought the idea of Teen Titans to a lot of audience or a lot of people that didn't read the comic books. True. It just wasn't for me. So, getting to see this show, which is it is very dark, and I I I didn't need that. I I would have if we would if we could have done an original what five member Teen Titans team. Uh, was it Wonder Girl? Oh, uh, Speedy, Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad. You're talking that? Yeah, 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 that okay, one. Yeah, yeah. If we could have got something like that, I would be ecstatic. But we're going towards, obviously, this is more of like we're a... No Teen Titans. Yeah, so it's like around Judas Contract area. There hasn't been a Teen Titans that we know of. I mean, the the Robin in this show could have eventually... Could, could be like, hey, yeah, at one point I did team up with these other sidekicks and we had our own, but we're going to... This is something different now. Yeah. And that's where we're calling, they're calling them Titans. I like the stuff they did with Raven. I like the stuff that we saw with Starfire. We saw very brief moments of Beast Boy in the episode. And I'm going to say the CGI looked pretty good. Yeah. At least for the pilot episode. Yeah. No, I got to say, I mean, overall, and like listening to you right now, I was like, wow, that's actually really good. That speaks to the depth, but not depth, like width of the Teen Titans that Look at their audiences that they yes. can go from. They can go from young children because of their fun, fanatic adventures, and they can go to your younger or your older teens to adult levels to your your Netflix bingers who mm-hmm. want that darker, heavier material. Um, watching this, like, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I am, you know, a comic book fan. I've never read the new Teen Titans, you mm-hmm. know, like, I was like, oh, man, you know, I bought the trade and, you know, it, it sat on my shelf and I finally cracked it open. I read the first 16 issue story that introduced us to the new Teen Titans. And it was kind of lame. I'm not going to lie. I mean, mm-hmm. I like Marv Wolfman and George Perez, but that was a little lame. But, you know, again, it's not the story. But I think it was neat that that lineup that they picked is like, okay, this is a good colorful squad. And it's funny because they're a colorful squad, but they didn't seem really colorful in the show because it's starting off dark. But I think that's, what's neat is that maybe, and I'm again, I'm I'm clutching at straws here and I'm hoping, but I feel like these kids are going to start somewhere dark and they're going to end up somewhere brighter, you know, because like when I was looking at some of the stuff and like, I I know I, you know, I, I always love to, play like this uh, on our own downtime. I text Mitch a picture of the Netflix defenders. And then I had the DC Titans. Right. I was like, who fights who and who wins? But I was laughing when I sent that picture because fans were outraged, you know, the lack of costumes and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but when I sent that Defenders picture, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Luke Cage is a guy walking around in the yellow hoodie or black hoodie. (laughs) You know, Iron Fist is walking around with a green shirt. 
Uh, Jessica Jones is totally street level She's clothing, got her black you know? leather yeah, jacket, black leather it. jacket. Daredevil's the one who looks weird. It's like who's this clown in a suit, you know? So it's like, huh? It's interesting. And you even mentioned too when we were watching this, it was like, yeah, Daredevil season one, the the season ended with the last episode, him finally wearing the Daredevil costume. So it's like, okay, yeah, there's going to be a lot of growth there because when we see Raven, like I like the way, like obviously they didn't show her Raven self when her soul self leaves her body, mm-hmm. but I like what they did show. I was like, okay, I like this. I, I dig it. I think it's neat. I, I actually like even the way the Raven interacts with her, kind of like yeah. warning her, yeah. like, not to sound cheesy, but I guess it's almost kind of like the Venom symbiote, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, like, let me take care of them, you know, stuff like that. Um, Beast Boy, what we got to see, the whole probably last five minutes of him, I thought it was great. You're right. The CGI looked good, you know, and, and it was fun because it does play to his character, you know, and it's like, yeah, I, you know, he, he might be homeless and hurting, but it's like, <laughs> I want that new PlayStation game. <laughs> I think they were specific to show PlayStation. They right? were. Correctly. It was either, yeah, yeah PlayStation, or, PlayStation Xbox. or Xbox, but obviously, um, you know, Starfire, she's on a story. We don't know what's going we on. We have no you know, idea like, what's going on. She, she doesn't. She doesn't even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't even know what's going on. So I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, when you start, when you first see the picture, you're like, oh man, I I hope that's not it. That's my reaction. You know, because again, like if we really sit down and think about this, costumes, and this is the part where I'm laughing that fans don't like. If you want real outrage, the costumes change every movie. It's the true. costumes change oh, every yeah. season. You know, I mean, it's like I like I was thinking about that. I was like, man, when you look at a character in its most iconic phrase, phase, they've always been the same. I mean, Batman was always pretty much blue and gray. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there were small, you know, changes throughout it, but for the most part, it was always the blue and gray. The Batman, the you know, eighty nine movie was the first time it was like, oh wow, an all black costume. Okay, you know, no underwear because mm. you know, everything was all black, one color. You know, Superman's pretty much been the whole iconic red and blue for forever until 52 when they took away the shorts. Green Lantern, Hal Jordan has pretty much always worn the same costume, you know. So you look at that stuff, but then it's like, you know, once like kind of like Kyle's generations of heroes came along, these heroes have had so many different costumes. And it's weird because, again, it's like, you know, like... I, I could never buy statues because they're just so expensive and they don't do much. So that's why I cheat and buy action figures. Right. But it's like, you know, sometimes you're like sitting there with six versions of a character. And you're like, well, which one do I put up? <laughs> you know, like I could try to put up all six, I guess, you know. So it's just interesting how they have that. So that's why I'm not too worried because will the Robin costume change? Of course it will. I liked what I saw. Um, you know, Tim's outfit makes the most sense. While I do like the whole, you know, the classic Robin costume, I'm a big fan of it. I think it was great. But I also understand the practicality of Tim's suit. Because even when they designed it, you know, it was like, hey, this is going to be a suit that's going to protect Robin. Why? Because Robin died. Yeah, <laughs> you true. don't want another kid dying on you. So it was like, that's cool. I like that they used his R symbol as also an effective tool. Um, I thought it was great. I, I like Detective Dick Grayson, like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. It's, it's sad because, you know, when I'm reading Nightwing... I almost get bored with the parts when he's out of costume because it's like, well, who cares about this guy? You know, who cares about Dick Grayson? It's Nightwing. No, I should care about the whole package deal. So, I mean, looking at Nightwing comics just in general, like since Rebirth, how many different jobs has he had now? Oh, man, at least like two or three, I'm thinking. I mean, there's the, the there's being a gym owner. There's uh, being a, a car dealer at the casino, you yeah. know, there's Working at that house that Sang ran. Yeah. Or whatever it was so there's that, like yeah. so many. I mean, 
once again, we get into the idea of like you don't know who Dick Grayson is outside of the, uh, the costume because he falls into that generation. Yep, exactly. And that's why uh, one thing I would really love, and I think this could even be really neat if they wanted to do something. But you know, like I, I like how they played with Dick Grayson on the show when the one cop, you know, picks up Rachel, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, "Hey, hey, Dick, you've got that, you know, soft spot for kids, right?" It's like there you go, like put him into like children crime, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what he's all about. He is the Law and Order SUV type, of thing, <laughs> you know. Like God, that'd be awesome. So yeah, I I was I was very happy with this first episode. Uh, it's going to be tough waiting week to week for episodes. That is tough, but I, I completely understand why they're doing it. You know, they gotta gotta keep the app. They alive. gotta keep people. Yeah, they gotta keep the app alive. Yeah. Then that's the other thing is I want to talk about is that the app itself is not it's not user friendly in a world where yeah. we have Amazon Video, Netflix, Hulu. Like this stuff is is down to a T like how to get people to be able to watch your streaming stuff on their devices, their plate, their consoles, their computers, whatever it is down to a T and in the DC streaming app is just, it, it fails in a lot of different ways. Like one of the simplest things you should just be able to, Click a button after you finish an episode to go to the next episode. Because we, because even though there's not a next episode of Titans, Titans yet, yeah. we went on to watch uh, some episodes of Young Justice that they have on there, and I have to go all the way out to the main yeah. main screen so that I can click on the the show again and then go to the episode that I want. It's like, come on, guys, this is a this is a simple fix. It should be a simple fix for your programmers, but so that's Titans on the DC DC Universe streaming app. Uh, if you don't have it yet, I mean, you should try find to, a way to watch it. But you should definitely it, yeah. support the app so the app gets better. Right. But don't miss out on this Titans. Like, I mean, I, th- yeah, like the month of October is awesome. Yeah. Titans season one, Daredevil <laughs> season three. Like, I am just now. I'm feeling that TV joy that you guys feel over there on televised heroics. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, let's talk about Lethal Protector for a moment so venom the venom movie we both said we enjoyed it we went in there i went in there so a lot of the big controversy coming out of the out of this movie the first weekend is that uh critic scores were really low audience scores were really high and the big thing is like oh see critics don't know shit about shit you shouldn't listen to them for anything (laughs) well guess what i was listening to critics and they a lot i i took into account that they were like this is a the movie's not great it's low and stuff like that and I kind of went in with low expectations, which allowed me to enjoy the movie. So take it, take it with a grain of salt. You know, you know, listen to who you want to listen to about what movies you watch. But like we said, is it the greatest movie ever? No. Is it terrible? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, because like I mean, like the thing I have, the hardest part I have with critics is I haven't found somebody who has my voice. Right. You know, so whenever I check a critic, or if I if I get curious enough about that in a movie. I start with my friends because generally we hang out with like-minded people or, you know, it's like I've come to value your opinion. And then I'll read a couple of articles. Mm-hmm. You know, I purposely go find a bad one and I purposely go find a good one. That way I can know what to pick. But lately I've been just like, I'll watch a trailer and that's it. I stay away and I love it. I go in shocked and just prepared for whatever I'm going to see. Like we, we just saw bad times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. All I did was, and the only reason I even saw a trailer is because when you go to the movies, they play those trailers beforehand. Right. That was all I knew, and I was like, okay, uh, this it looks visual. I like the color scheme on it. There we go. But we're talking about Venom. Um, I liked it. I mean, like it, it definitely it took me back to kind of watching like a Marvel film pre MCU, which is fine. I'm not Makes complaining. Yeah. You know, because I knew again, this is a world with just a lone hero. 
you know, but I enjoyed it. Tom Hardy, he's a very much a go-to actor for myself. You know, it's like I'll admit, you know, like I, I didn't really find Venom as a character that had a sense of humor, mm. you know. But again, Venom wasn't a character that I made sure I read every and all appearances of. Right. And both Mitch and I decided to check out this Lethal Protector series. And you know what? Like it definitely I feel the tone. I, I, they, I, I feel like they did a good job of adapting a comic book storyline from a shared universe to where they can only do it in their universe. Right. Yeah, no, this Lethal Protector does have the tone that you see in this movie, which is counterintuitive to everything you know about Venom. Like yeah. I, I feel like a lot uh, let me say this beforehand. I've never been a big fan of Venom. I don't get it. It's two nineties for me. It's all blood guts and and let's tear people apart kind of thing right it's (laughs) you know it's your anti-hero that is supposed to be scary or whatever it's your spawn essentially uh and it just it never appealed to me so i don't i don't have this affinity for him i really don't feel like a lot of people have this affinity and i'm not trying to be a comics gate kind of person i don't care you read whatever you want to read you like whatever you want to like you don't have to know the history you don't have to know the history you just like the design of venom cool great but i don't think that you can sit there and say this movie is terrible because it doesn't follow fall into this avenue of uh venom that i know when you haven't read the books or you haven't done you know done anything like that so I know that it, it, I, I I come off really douchey right now, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's just to me. It, there is precedent for what you see in this movie. Well, you know what? Like honestly, I'll say I'll tell you this: the movie did a great job. Why? It got me to go and read some Venom comics. There you go. You know, it was a gateway to a character that I've known about. You know, I've for myself like like Spider Man. Is one of my favorite characters. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 honestly, I, I, I can't remember the issue number, but the first comic book I ever purchased from a Circle K back in the day as a kid was a Spider-Man comic. He fought Doc Ock. Uh, Sal Basimo was the artist because I could just remember those eyebrows mm-hmm. that was very distinct <laughs> in his art, and it was great. Spider-Man: The Animated Series on Fox was fantastic. Uh, going to you know grocery store video stent stores and mm-hmm. renting those old seventies. Spider-Man movies. I loved it. I, I know it was garbage, but when all you had to play with was garbage, garbage was fun, you know, and it was great. And so this movie, I went in, you know, I, I went in with an open mind. I didn't set the bar too high and I enjoyed it. It was great. Now it's come back and it's, it's really made me appreciate Eddie Brock. And I will say this, that maybe in my ignorance of Eddie Brock, I'm glad that he's back. I'm sad for what's happened to Flash Thompson, mm-hmm. but it would have been harder for me to have been a diehard fan of Venom and watch what happened to Venom. Because the question I asked before we started recording, it's like, what makes Venom Venom? Is it Eddie Brock or is it the powers? Because we've seen both in action. You know, what happened to Eddie Brock once they took the symbiote away? Well, he sold the symbiote because he was dying of cancer. Then they miraculously cured his cancer. They turned him into anti-venom. And it was like, yeah, this is going to be cool. It's cool, but just make him fucking Venom. You know, then what happened to the symbiote? Well, it got put on the Scorpion. Well, that's a shame because we lost two great characters to make this one character. Then after, you know, then he just became Spider-Man during the Dark Avengers thing, uh, which was fantastic. Dark Avengers is a must read. Um, After he left Matt Gargan, I think he went to Flash Thompson. Uh, The Lethal Protector was great. I wish... 
I wish they would have just grabbed another symbiote and put it on, or like they were playing with uh, anti venom and venom switched. So their two symbiotes right. went to each other. And so I was, was like, oh, that would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that would have been fantastic. Um, then venom went to that one host. I can't think of his name, but he was the very brutal gangster mm-hmm. uh just a street level thug a horrible guy you know okay that's interesting to see what happens when a crazy guy has the venom symbiote how well does it respond but i'm glad eddie's back in the saddle um i enjoyed lethal protector i mean like i i, I don't want to say like it was fantastic fantastic it definitely it screams of the 90s but mm-hmm. i mean it's great you've got david michelin who is one of the co-creators of venom uh, him and, and, and Todd McFarlane are credited as the, the creators of Eddie Brock. Actually, I should apologize because I think when it comes to Venom, it gets it gets interesting. But anyways, David Michelin and Todd McFarlane uh, first created Eddie Brock. Uh, it definitely was neat to see more of Eddie himself. You know, the whole in this story, we, we discover more of his childhood, you know, and it's like, man. Eddie did have it shitty. Like, no wonder he's an extreme personality even before he got the Venom suit. You know, it's like no matter how good he was, his dad didn't care because the mother died during childbirth while carrying Eddie. Um, You know, so, you know, he became an Olympian class level athlete. He was a genius. You know, it's like, wow, this is Bruce Wayne, but with a dick for a dad. (laughs) So it's like, again, that makes you think like, wow, what if Alfred wasn't the type of man he was? Where could Bruce have been? Uh, So you just see Eddie is this lovable loser. And that's what makes the movie funny, too. It's like, you are a loser Mm. on my planet. I am a loser. And it's like, wow, you know, here's a here's a book about outcasts, because even in the book itself, you know, Venom is like, okay, just made a deal with Spider-Man. We will leave each other alone. We're done with each other. There it goes. Venom goes all the way to San Francisco. I didn't know that. You know, he tries to make a life for himself there. Of course, it's never that simple. You know, he gets hunted down. Uh, the Life Foundation was used in this. Um, the main bad guy, his character, I, 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 it was Carlton right. But the, yeah, you know, he was introduced in this series as well. Um, so you see that Venom is basically hunted down. He winds up finding like a, a group of Morlock-like people. Not Morlocks, but the fact that they live underground. They have a, a basically a, a, a city block of San Francisco that fell into the earth, and they're living there and trying right, to make their yeah. own peace and justice and way of life. Venom wants to help preserve that. And it's like, that's cool that... You know, when Eddie got the chance to do the right thing, he did. It was just the people involved in his life that kind of screwed it up for him. Um, So here's a group of people that mean well. So they're the part of his life. And I thought that was exciting. And one major thing that I liked about this series that I forgot that existed with Venom was the jury. So that's what I, one of the things in, the, in this, this miniseries, there are so many bad guys. There are so many antagonists in this story. Right? <laughs> you have, uh, you have the, the Carlton Drake, which doesn't even, isn't even uh, introduced until like halfway through. Four, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he's only in a couple issues, the Life Foundation itself. They, that yeah. whole, the whole thing about you know, stealing a, a seed to make a new spawn from Venom, like that that's part of it. He, he creates five of them. We don't really get a name for them. Yeah, we don't get names for them. As a matter of fact, they pretty much die at the end of this like i i i think the female one i think she survived somehow but like the others yeah they just kind of got right there and then then you have uh you have the jury which is a guy who puts together um his son was a guardsman and at at strikers or the vault the vault and uh he uh, when i guess when venom escaped one time he killed his son and he's like oh i didn't mean to kill anybody because we're trying to redeem him in this yeah. story and stuff like that um but the you ha- so you have that guy who's he has a bunch of 
guys on his payroll that are ex guardsmen, like they have like it seems like Iron Man level suits, power suits. Oh yeah, one my repulsor race. He straight yeah, up says he it. says that. So you have those bad guys or antagonists. You have uh, then you have this other uh, Treese dude that's uh, trying to develop near where the 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 homeless people are living. So essentially killing them or putting them in danger to develop new plate new buildings and stuff there. And he has giant mech like diggers yeah. that those guys use. And then I feel like there was one more bad guy, but I can't think of it off the well, top I mean, of my head. Well, maybe the father. Like I kind of felt. Like, yeah, but that was that. You know, that was funny, is because that was all of Peter like interacting with Eddie's father, so that he could get a backstory to Eddie kind of thing. And then the maid, you know, tells him, or the housekeeper tells Peter or Spider Man like the backstory to Eddie in general. Uh, but yeah, there was just so many side characters and stuff like. Elizabeth, who we see in the movie, has a kid in this. Like she's, um, she is homeless still, and but she's someone that respects Eddie as Venom, so that because she sees that he's trying to do yeah, good. She sees the man within. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in the movie, it, it doesn't quite work out so great for her. But she is the actually the first one to. And, so there's going to be spoilers in this for the movie Venom if you no, haven't watched course. it yet. But, Which is good. That means the movie did a good job of adapting. Yeah. You know, that's right. And and I have, you have to say it for the second week in a row it hit number one in the box office so it's making money. Um, uh, when I was watching the movie the one symbiote that gets away after the plane crash or I mean the spaceship crash or whatever you want to call it the shuttle crash is that the one that jumps on Jane Jonah, or that's the yeah. one that just kind of sc- okay? Yeah. yeah, the one that jumps on Jane Jonah, and then it jumps on to the the paramedic, and then it jumps onto the old lady. Right. I thought that one was going to be Venom. That's the one that ends that's up. That's what being I kind of felt. Yeah. The one that ends up being Venom is the one that is at the Life Foundation, and you know jumps onto Elizabeth, and then jumps onto Eddie after he sees her in the cage. So uh, that was a, a thing that I was I was really surprised on. Yeah, me too. Because I felt like I was like, oh, we're gonna see this journey, and it's gonna use people until it finds the one. Right. Yeah. So uh, in this, it's funny thing is that we don't really get a story of why Venom decides he wants to be a good guy. Like, there's one line in this book where he's like, oh, doing the right thing does feel good, and that's it. Like we're supposed to believe, okay, Venom's a good guy now because he likes <laughs> doing the right thing. Uh, he still hates Spider-Man because Spider-Man did something did 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 well, him, in his perception. Did wrong. Yeah, yeah. Was, he did him wrong. But in the movie, you get the line of, uh, "Sure, I'll I'll stick around because going back to my home planet, I'm a loser. I don't want to do that." Like, all right, <laughs> that's weird, but sure, it's. I, yeah, I think the fact that we go over the uh, it is a it is a pretty good ad- adaptation of this. There's no um, uh, Lady Venom. What's her name? Michelle. Oh, later on, Williams's character in this. Yeah, I don't think her inter- her character was introduced just yet. Okay, like I think she'll probably get introduced in some of the later stuff. And we did see that where the symbiote did bond with a woman for a while, which I'm guessing because I haven't read all the stuff, but I'm guessing that that's probably Michelle Williams's character, right? Um. But no, I, I definitely felt like uh, like if you've watched this film and you're like, oh, what should I do next? 
definitely read Venom Lethal Protector. Um, well, actually, honestly, I would say recommend read Venom, uh, sorry, Spider-Man Birth of Venom trade paperback. That way you could see how it happens. Hopefully you see the deal that they keep talking about where it's like, why shouldn't I arrest you, Venom? You know, why shouldn't I eat your brain, Spider-Man? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Um, but I, I think they did a great job with it. I mean, it, it definitely screams of its era. You know, this ran in February of 93 to July of 93. But I love that again it's dave michelin's writing and he was a good writer of that era but i mean it's mark bagley art for the first half of the series mm -hmm. i love mark bagley like i swear that guy uh, he, you know he didn't finish all the books but he drew damn near <laughs> <clears throat> most of the spider-man books of the 90s uh and then we're also treated to the second half of the story it's ron Lim, and ron Lim is famous for the infinity gauntlet Wow. Like once George Perez started, he couldn't finish due to contractual obligations with DC and Marvel business going on. So Ron Lynn stepped up and he finished that series. He drew the Infinity Crusade and the Infinity War. Uh, so he's a great artist in himself, and it was just great. It was neat to see. It was neat to see that Venom. You know, because even though we have Venom now, and I haven't been reading the new book, uh, but I read him most recently in the. Um, whatever that symbiote crossover with the X-Men blue team. Um, it just, it didn't feel like the nineties venom. Mm. So it was kind of neat to get this, to, to read this book as a treat afterwards, after seeing the movie. And it, I think that's one of the, the, that's that nineties Spider-Man cartoon is what most people know venom from. And that if you're going into the movie expecting that you're going to be disappointed. If you really? I feel like that. I kind of felt like we we had that though, that whole that cheesy factor, you know, like not necessarily cheesy, like I think it was funnier in the movie, cheesier in the cartoon well, see, show. I, and I think that's what the thing is is that in the cartoon when you you're in, introduced to Venom, he's he is the boogeyman. He's the he's the antagonist. He's Spider-Man's bad guy. So we're supposed to be af afraid of him, but I mean, I guess eventually in the cartoon he kind of becomes an anti-hero too. But I think more people are expecting that horror aspect when they're going into this movie, and I, I really feel like the the movie itself sells it, it sells itself that way in the in the marketing. Oh uh, yeah, that definitely. they're supposed to be more of a horror thriller aspect, and this is more of a action comedy than anything else. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. I didn't think about it that way. So yeah, when you uh, watch this movie or read this book, you definitely get the that the cheesy one liners. You get the the Eddie Brock, you know, yeah. posturing, you know, yeah. like that you, you're going to see. So it is, it is a, it is an interesting read. It, and if you can sit through it, then you should, you definitely should. Uh, the other storyline that they say that Ruben Fleischer, the director says he adapted for um, the movie is Spider-Man planet of the symbiotes. And honestly, the only thing I saw on the Wikipedia entry for that is that, they have the name Riot, which is the the Venom or the symbiote that attaches itself to Riz Ahmed's character of Carlton Drake, and you have uh, uh, you're hinted at in the movie that the, a whole planet of symbiotes want to come to Earth because that's what they do. They go from planet to planet, using up all his resources and then move to the next thing. Yeah, it definitely adds that whole. Uh 
uh, I wanted to say Night of Living Dead, but that's not right. But like that creature, you know, the, the, from the planet It's, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, where it's like, here come these creatures and they're going to the, the body snatchers, invasions yeah. of the body snatchers. Oh, okay, yeah, there yeah. we go. That's that's what it, it felt like it gave. Like for me, like I was like, oh, no, I don't want to read this. But they put Scarlet Spider in there. So if you're a Scarlet <laughs> Spider Ben Riley fan, definitely I'm going to flip through it and I'll find out if we need to spare you or not. But I was curious to find out. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking through this real quick. I don't think they mentioned it, but. Uh, I'm curious when that happened that Venom's symbiote race are called the Clintar. Okay. So I wonder when that was created. Like, I know the first I saw of it was when Bendis was dealing with uh, Agent Venom in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So I'm very curious. Did that happen then or did it happen later? I bet you that it happened then. I think so. I could see Bendis coming up with that name. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good question. It's like, what the hell do you call those symbiotes? Yeah, it's you know, what we what call their, them. Yeah. yeah, you know, what, what is their thing? But anyways, if you do decide to check this out, uh, it's David Michelin again, which is great because that's the creator writing, you know, writing this stuff. So it's not somebody else, you know, getting handed down a storyline and having to figure it out. Um, this one will go across... If I remember correctly, it'll it'll start off on a special, but then it'll run across some of the books. Uh, let's see. Yes. You have it. Spectacular Spider-Man number one. Well, yeah. So the Amazing Spider-Man Super Special number one um, was a one shot. Then it goes into Spider-Man Super Special number one. Then Venom Super Special number one. Uh, spectacular Spider-Man. So basically, if you see anything with Super Special on it, <laughs> that's gonna be the headers for you. But yeah, su- Spectacular Spider-Man, Super Special number one, and then, and then the web. conclusion. Yep, Web of Spider-Man, Super Special number one. So basically, it was the four Spider-Man titles of that era plus a Venom book. Man, four Spider-Man books. You you would never guess that Spider-Man was the flagship character of Marvel in the nineties, <laughs> oh right? My God, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, this is this is just before we close off our episode. This makes me think about an interesting question. So back in the day, you had Web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and even sometimes Peter Parker Spider-Man. Right. So up to five books, and eventually then, Tangled Webs, but yep, Tangled know. Web, you know, other many many books and, and spinoff books, and you know, just whatever. How did you did you think it was a good idea when they took Spider Man and they said enough and let's just do amazing and left it like that? Do you think that was a good idea? Did you like how did you feel as a comic fan when it happened? Like what was that one more day in time? I believe no, it was right after one last day, one more day. Yeah, or one brand, well, brand new, new day. day. Yeah, one more day, was, brand new day. Bro, yeah. Look, I, as a comic book fan and a collector and you know just a reader, you. Sh- you can you need you more than likely you do need to have more than one title for each one of your superheroes. So, your Superman, your Batman, your Spider Man. You have you have to have you have to have more than one title because there's stories to tell with those characters. Right. But don't go more than two. You have Batman. You have Detective. You have Action. You have com- you have Superman. You have Spider Man. You have Amazing Spider Man. You don't need spectacular spider-man you don't need peter parker spider-man like i understand those are different stories that you're going to be telling but you can tell those in the two main books i agree i think that's the way to do it because thinking about it it, it's almost one of those things where it's like it gets watered down it does you know it's it makes it makes your other titles less yeah you know and by saying okay you know because that's where you could almost have the creative be like okay you write your story arc I'll continue my story arc. Then I'll take a break. You put yours out there while I work on my next one. And then you just keep putting right. out 
gold instead of like, well, you know, because then it gets weird for the fans as you're reading it. Because at least with Superman, they did the little triangles mm-hmm. and they tried to keep the subplots shared. But, you know, you're kind of like, wait a minute, one, one, one episode he's trapped back in 1940. In this episode, he's on the moon. What happened? I feel like I'm missing something. It's like, well, no, it's just the storylines that they were going on in mm-hmm. those books. And so, yeah, I could definitely say, like, sometimes reading those Spider-Man books of the 90s, it was weird. You know, like I did like at least when the clone saga happened, which is probably a sentence not many people say. <laughs> but I like the fact that if I read, you know, like it was like Peter Parker and Amazing were tied together. Then Spectacular and Web were tied together. And I thought that was great. The focus was there, you know. So that's what I'd recommend. But I think you're right. No more than two. Because I think Superman is in a better place with just Superman in action instead of having all four books. Right. You, you don't know? need Give us Man Steel of book. Steel. Yeah. That's what we want. We don't need Ma- Superman, Man of Steel. We just need Steel. Right. You know, Superboy. Exactly. He should definitely have his own book. That's the way to do it instead of trying to cram him in Adventures of Superman. Uh, all right, so if you have any questions on Lethal Protector, we are here to answer them to the best of our ability. Or if you want to just talk about comic books, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at, at Mitchipedia, G-E-R. Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. And geekleetradio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.